You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. So today we decided we were going to talk about our favorite books from when we were raising our children. However, <laughs> we didn't really discuss it more than that, so we both thought we were meaning something different. What did you think? Right. I, I thought, okay, books like what did I go to to figure out um, different seasons of life with my kids, how to, how to help me with my parenting. And I was thinking, what were my favorite books that we read together? Like that I read aloud to my children. Right. So we thought, well, let's, let's just, do both. Let's just do both. <laughs> so it's going to be kind of a two-part book review series um, or a podcast. So let's start with some of yours, Bonnie. Talk yeah. to me about, like, why did you pick the books you, you chose? Okay. Um, well, because you're new at parenting and you're just kind of figuring it out as you go. You know, you're trying to gather all the resources that you can to help you along the way instead of reinventing the wheel. Um, I don't know if you know anything about my husband and me, we're sort of book fanatics. Um, I am really not sure why the house hasn't fallen in yet with all the bookshelves that we have. <laughs> Very true. Very <laughs> so if, uh, it's, if there's a subject out there, we probably have a book about it. Um, so at first I tried to look at um, books like, um, one of my favorites is The Most Important Place on Earth. And that's by uh, Robert Wolgamuth. I'm not sure how you say that. Um, and it's just kind of about what a Christian home looks like and how you make a, a peaceful place and somewhere that your family wants to be. Um, and, I didn't read this one. So yeah, we're good. very good friends raising our children, but we didn't, you know, read all the same stuff. I wish I'd read this one. This sounds yeah. great. Besides the, the, um, expected, what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect in the first year, yeah. all the basic pediatric kind of help and information. Yes. I wanted to know how to work on me because I'd never done this before. So that was a great help wow, yeah. for that. And so was, this is another one of my favorites, Sacred Parenting, yes. Gary Thomas. He also has Sacred Marriage and, and I just think what he does is great. So um, this is how raising children changes you and that happens from day one. So mm -hmm. you're just going to change who you Amen are. Amen to that. I'm just looking at the chapter titles it's um on these first two you just mentioned and it's talking about the power of words in yeah your homes. speaking yeah speaking life mm -hmm. that's so 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 important and um so i think just in the midst of the busyness of parenting maybe we just forget like okay wait what i say really really matters yeah. like positive words blessings right you have to affirming. be intentional to be intentional yes which is yes a lot of times you don't have the mental space to remember that I get that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's good to hit the pause button every now and then when you have a chance and just take a chapter. Step back. As yeah. a matter of fact, probably better to just check a chapter and not be overwhelmed because oh, yeah. it's really easy to feel overwhelmed early on. Like I have to do all these things to be a good parent. I got to get all this in line. And like you said, we're on, we're in progress too. Right. So you just work on one little thing. Mm -hmm. Baby steps. Yes. Baby steps. Yeah. Good. All right. How um, about you? All right. So I texted my kids. Last night and said, okay, name your favorite books. They're both in their 20s. So, like, just quick, quick flashback. What were your favorite books we read aloud together? And top of the list for all three of us was George Mueller. And this is um, put out by an organization called YWAM. And they have all different Christian heroes. And every year when we homeschooled, we read one of these at the end of the year. But our very, very top was George Mueller. Um, 
he opened an orphanage in England, um, I guess in the 1800s, when children were just like sent to poorhouses or roaming the streets. There weren't orphanages. Like Charles Dickens' yes. time. Okay. Yeah, so 1805 to 1898 mm-hmm. is when he lived. And he basically decided to take God at his word. And, he, you know, he, that he cares for widows and orphans and that um, he will provide for them. And so George Mueller never, ever, ever once wrote a fundraising letter. Mm-hmm. He never asked for money. He asked God, and he figured God would provide it. And so again and again, he saw God burden people's hearts. People would have dreams. And um, one day, a milk cart broke down in front of the orphanage when they were down to no food. No food, no, no bread, no milk. And the cook was like, can't we at least, you know you can make a phone call. Well, could, did they have phones? You know you can call. <laughs> you know you can go find somebody. Text. And they would give you, like, they know you. They know what you're doing. They would give you the food. And he says, no, I'm asking God. And um, the baker had a dream to bring him bread, and so he did. And then the milk truck broke down in front of the orphanage, and he, the guy said, this is going to all spoil. You need to just pass this out. That was just one of uh, like hundred very cool stories in this book. It really transformed how we um, thought about asking God to involve us in what he's doing. Stepping out in a, here in on a faithful. Earth. Yeah, stepping mm-hmm. out and being faithful. So top number one, it's kind of a catchphrase in our house, like to George Mueller something. Oh, well, that's awesome. <laughs> so like to just ask God for it, ask big. Um, our wonderful production manager, Cheyenne, who's lived with us, knows that too. I've talked to you about that several times. So that's the number one. Um, then one that's a lot lighter, Mr. Popper's Penguin. <laughs> It's just a fun book for kids. Um, Mr. Popper. Um, they did a movie about that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, but you know. I know, it's this not the same. This is better. The book is better. Uh, so um, he needed to raise money. He trains these penguins. It's just a fun, lighthearted book. Um, so that was that was another one on our list. Seven Silly Eaters. Yeah. Is okay. Um, so for Parents of Boys, which we're going to do a whole other podcast on at some point, Stay tuned. Um, we loved Raising a Modern Day Knight. Now, I did um, read that one with you all. There's some really great uh, points in here about how important milestones are in the lives of your children, and uh, somehow for boys in particular. Um, so this is just really good about how to think about what does it mean to be a gentleman? What does it mean to have honor? What does it mean to protect? Um, which is sadly lacking, I think, in a lot of uh, our society today. So um, just a, a code an honor code and what that means and how to how to teach your boys that and it's important i think it's different for boys and girls so and i know I'm, you're making me have some memories here that i haven't thought about in a long mm-hmm. time didn't several of our friends read we, we read this together yes and a lot of the dads kind of decided to do some of the things together together right like a council mm-hmm. of of dads that kind of came together to help each of the boys mm-hmm. as they hit a certain milestone, something or another. Yeah. So if you have a group of friends, I highly recommend. Yeah. If you have a parent of boys, um, it'd be a great thing to do together. And, and then I think they have a girl's version. I didn't do it. I don't but, know if they do. Yeah, we didn't do it either. Um, but yeah, it's a great one. There's a curriculum that goes with it if you're interested in making it into a big thing like that. But yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then one that kind of goes along with that is rite of passage parenting. And again, talking about milestones and marking um, specific skills that they accomplish or specific, um, you know, like reaching 13, certain things you can do mm-hmm. to just mark 
a time of life, um, 16, you know, you hear all these, the sweet 16 and, and different things like that. Um, now, you did something for thir- at 13 with your Well, teenager. because we stole shamelessly from you, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> who, I just took it from my parents. I mean, my parents, um, when we were 13, my dad, well, not my parents, my dad took each one of us anywhere in the continental United States we wanted to go. Just by yourself. Just by ourselves. Just him and I would go on this trip together, and then he did it with my two brothers as well. Do you know how exhilarating it is as a 13-year-old to pick a destination? Yeah. That in itself was memorable. But, um, yeah, just a great, great thing. What did you do with yours? Same thing, except okay. and it was uh, my husband decided yes. to do it because we were just copying <laughs> straight up. You don't totally know me. I recommend this. Yeah. We're going to say this again and again. Steal ideas. Steal. Copy, copy, copy. Yeah. Um, and they got to pick it was when they were 13 yeah where do you want to go in the U.S. and we'll we'll make it a weekend trip and it's just going to be us and it was they both still remember that as such a special time yes. with their dad and I um, remember it we what went a, to Park City Utah we went skiing yeah what a memory it was a big um, it was a big deal Savannah and Savannah went to uh, San Diego and they did a Segway ride and did the zoo and stuff like that out there and um, Ben actually happened to fall on a time when they were not going to go to the U.S. they were in taking a trip to China. So he said, Ben, Second children, they always pick the, I know. They, they <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah. So he didn't really actually get to pick that one, but they ended up being able to go together, which was incredible. Oh, that is so, incredible. Yeah. yeah. Once in a lifetime. So really fun. So that's just one idea from this, oh, yeah. this book that's probably got Tons and tons. Yeah, of each great chapter ideas. has great nuggets in there. Yeah. So, uh, and then, okay, for my son, Hatchet by Gary Paulson. It's just what every young man yeah. dreams of, you know, adventure on your own in the forest, forging, conquering obstacles. He loved it so, so much that we basically went and bought every other thing Gary Paulson wrote yeah. for him to also read. So great for young boys. I'm not sure if my daughter read it, but yeah, girls would like it too. My daughter, uh, one year, I guess she was maybe seventh or eighth grade, I, uh, I said, you can pick what like period of history you want to study. And she picked the Queens of England. She was, and actually just Queens during that time. So Russian Queens and other Queens as well. And she was so interested in that to this day. She's 23 to this day. She can just tell you the catalog of the Queens of England and all the interesting facts about them. So this series is called the young Royals series. And I just grabbed one of them off the shelf this morning. It's patience, princess Catherine. And it's by Carolyn Meyer, but there's there's lots of them. And um, we've actually loaned these out to friends who were taking a trip to England um, with their kids to have them read this before they went. I always made my kids read books before we went somewhere, <laughs> which they did not like, but was was helpful to kind of get oriented to the time. So Good. She, they don't like broccoli either, but they're eating broccoli. I so, know, you know, and they're eating broccoli and happy. Do today. it anyway. Little trees, little trees. <laughs> so this was a this was one that she really loved in this whole series. The Young Royals series was great. So. Okay, that brings up a point, Renee. You um, you homeschooled. Yes. I did not. Mm-hmm. So I find it very interesting, the types of books that you use in your curriculum to homeschool and that you were reading aloud like all the time to your kids. Yes. Now, I did that more when mine were young. Yes. And then when they went to school, their own reading took over and the school sort of did that. We didn't really read aloud so much together once they went to school on their own. So just tell me some differences yes. about that so we um we used sunlight which is a literature-based curriculum so it's heavy heavy literature no textbooks so if you're going to study history you're going to have a dozen to 15 
read aloud books for your children, and then they'll have their age-appropriate books for themselves. Every so, year? Every year. Okay. And um, a child can hear two to three grade levels above what they could read themselves. So my books I read aloud to them were always more advanced than what they were reading themselves, quite a bit more advanced. So that's a lot of reading. <laughs> if you're sitting there counting up, okay, 12 to 15 um, novels that are, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade reading level when they're young. Yeah, we read aloud two to three hours a day. Wow, okay. And then they had their own reading that was at least an hour a day when they were younger. When they were in high school, it was four to six hours a day. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't quite as fun as the Young Royals series yeah. or Hatchet. But, um, but yeah, we did, a, we did a lot of reading. And we'll do a, we'll do a whole episode on picking um, educational choices for your kids because we had such different right. experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was one of the beautiful things. It, um, it forced me to sit down with my kids. Because um, I don't know that I would have sat down with them for two to three hours a day if they were in school all day. It no, it really seem possible. Mm-mm. So it was um, it was a gift. We have a we have a swing that's in our den that uh, we have moved. It hangs from the ceiling. We've moved from house to house to house because I will not leave it behind because we read aloud on that swing. It's so sentimental. Like if it were falling apart, I would tape it together. <laughs> I don't want a new swing. I want the swing that one that yeah. we read aloud on. It's also the swing I took naps on when I was exhausted, and they had their <laughs> nap time too. So uh, yeah, read the the read alouds. As a matter of fact, when people would ask them, you know, what they liked best um, in school, what subject they liked best, they always said read alouds. So do you think that all that reading? Do they still read today? Yes. Did it burn them out on reading, no. and they're just like, oh, never again? Or no, no, it it didn't burn them out on reading. Um, then of course comes college, and right? You and don't homeschool for college, typically. right? So it was a lot of um, have tos instead have of have tos. Mm-hmm. And then one, now that um, Emma is out of college, she's like, oh yes, now I can back to back to read. What yeah, I, want I to totally read get and that. read for pleasure. I remember that feeling. Me too. The Except release. I was an English major, so I was reading all the stuff I wanted oh, to read anyway. Yes. Literature. Great idea, Bonnie. So see, when when? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not so, just a hat yeah. rack yeah so okay uh-huh. tell us some more we've got a lot of books to work through here okay so. yeah um one that i just read recently which i really loved um is called small animals by kim brooks it's about parenting in the age of fear and oh i just i love this book because um everything today seems to be you know you hear about the snowplow parents or the lawnmower parents or the helicopter parents What's like, this? No, oh, they, they you pave the, the way. Pave the way. Yeah. Right. Um, because you're so afraid of letting your kid fail, letting your kid take a risk, letting, you know, anything bad happening. Um, all the playgrounds. We used to slide down these lava hot metal slides yes, <laughs> onto cement on the playground, you know, and live through it. But today, I mean, you'd probably be put in prison for that because uh, you have to have the guarded plastic railing and the little mulchy soft landing and yes. everything. And yes. I feel like kids are in a bubble a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so you eliminate the risk, you eliminate any kind of fear, you eliminate any sort of danger or intimidation. And then you're raising adults. So what does an adult like that look like when they get mm-hmm. to that stage? And you she know? talks about that Oh yeah, book. Yeah, how um, the free range parenting kind of thing where that's basically how I was raised. You know, you go out and you play and I'll yeah. come back before the street lights turn on. And we didn't have cell phones. My parents had no idea where we were. Mm-hmm. Did we get into trouble? Yes, we did. But we also learned imagination and play and figuring out conflict and things like that. So it's, I, I just thought it was an interesting discussion 
um, balance like of all that. Seems like there might be a happy medium in there somewhere. There is. Between like completely disappearing, which we did too. Yes, there we is. We rode our bikes way off into far, far into Miles the neighborhoods. Miles away, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. far, far, like multiple neighborhoods. And we, we, we had to be back when it was dark. Yeah. And so did my husband. He had woods behind his house. Woods. Uh-huh. And he just played in the woods yeah. and had to find his way back home. And my first impulse as a parent, even... Because you can't let your child even go out in the front yard alone. Woods, you're going to be lost. Like tie a ribbon around the trees as you're walking through or something. You're going to get lost. He didn't get lost. Right. So, yeah, it's an interesting... We do all but microchip our kids and that's not far behind. So this is maybe a good topic for another... um, I think that could be a whole... A whole podcast. Podcast, yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. Exactly. Um, And then another one that we talk about a lot when we're doing our um, parenting classes is um, personalities of your children mm-hmm. and temperaments and how that affects um, how you encourage them, how you motivate them, how you correct them, um, all those kind of things. So I love both of these spirit controlled temperament. This is an old one by Tim LaHaye mm-hmm. and then different children, different needs. And if you go to any bookstore today, there's going to be an array of all of this sort of information out there. But um, so whatever you choose, yes. choose something because um Knowing your child and knowing yourself and how those two things yes. meet is so important. Don't Super just helpful. don't just wing it. Super helpful. Yeah, we um we were big fans of this of just understanding yourself. I think I just came to that party late. Mm. My my first personality test was in college um, when my husband and I were doing premarital camp premarital counseling, and yeah. I I kept wondering in college why I was always so tired in the dorm. I didn't even know I was an introvert. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why is it tiring for me to be around all these girls and and staying up late with everybody and constantly talking? Like, there's no downtime. So when we were raising our children, um, and because we were homeschooling, I I had to know how they learned. We did lots of different assessments on learning styles. They they had, even as elementary students, I had them fill out preferences. Yeah. And then as they got older and they could do more work, we did... Yeah, the Myers Briggs test uh-huh. with them, and and just other. There's a colors assessment, right. and different things you can use, because they do they respond very differently to different parenting techniques. Yeah, based and if, on their personality, that's how they're made. We're all unique, and we're all that's different. Right. And if you don't, if you're not aware of that, you're doing you as a mom makes it a lot harder for you, it does. and it makes it more frustrating for your child. Yeah, it's so. just beautiful to see when you can you can understand your kid and and reach them mm-hmm. in ways that they can hear you. Yeah. All right, on to some more fiction. Uh, the Eagle of the Ninth by Rosemary Sutcliffe is, an, is another historical fiction. We read a lot of historical fiction, which is just a great way to kind of embed history um, in a way that's not just dates and numbers and wars and things like this. So it's um, 119, the Ninth Roman Legion, marching into the wilds of Britain. And we love this book so much, we uh, rented the movie, and we could only watch the first 10 minutes, because it's way too violent. Oh. <laughs> so I wouldn't recommend Death the movie. But <laughs> the Eagle yeah. of the Night, both my son and my daughter loved it, even though it's war, and she typically hated those kinds of books. And then The Year of Miss Agnes, it was easily like a top five book for us. It's a, just a short little book. Uh, it is by Kirkpatrick Hill. And it's the story of a teacher who goes to Alaska, remote Alaska, oh, to teach yeah. in a one-room schoolhouse just for one school year. 
And these children um, live a very different life than most children their age. Um, these indigenous peoples, they, they have to help their parents trap and um, build fires and hunt for food and all the things. And so um, a lot of their teachers had felt like they were less than and mm. not smart. And Miss Agnes is this dynamic, amazing teacher who does exactly what you were just talking about. Uh. Looks at each different child and looks at their needs and what they're good at. And kind of brings out the best in them. And we, we loved the year of Miss Agnes. And when I taught at homeschool tutorials, I made my English students read this one because we just loved it so That's much. awesome. Yeah. What's the other one? All yeah. right. So we also have the wheel on the school. I don't know how you say this person's name. Mindert Dijong. And the pictures are by Maurice Sendak. Oh. The, where the wild things yeah, are, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Um, this is set in a Dutch fishing village, and it's um, the wheel on the school is like a big wagon wheel that they used to um, lure the storks back to their village. It was a big place they could nest. And so that, that doesn't sound super interesting. Trust me. It's I, an amazing book. I would book. read that. I it's an amazing book. It, it won that Newberry one. Medal. I mean, it's, it's old. It was published, let me just flip here if you'll bear with me. It was published in 1954. Okay. So 20 years practically before we were born, but it's just great. Uh, she also wrote um, a lot, Dijon also wrote a lot of other books that are worth looking at. But We All in the School was top of my daughter's list last night when she texted wow, me. Wow, that's so interesting. I've never heard of that one. Um, Okay, so shifting to another sort of phase of life, I loved, um, this is when I loved the teenage brain, which basically to give hope to all of you <laughs> raising tweens and teenagers, yes, they are brain damaged. <laughs> that is your explanation. And this tells you kind of uh, neuroscience behind it and um, that you shouldn't take all that stuff personally because really their brain is completely misfiring and they'll get over it. So that this was just encouraging to me mm-hmm. to know that uh, they're like, there's a reason why these things are happening. And yeah, in a certain um, the risk taking yeah. and the, um, just emerging into new personalities and things sleep like that. Patterns. I noticed yeah. huge change in sleep patterns Which, in the teen years. Duh, would change your, you know, your the chemistry of your yes. body and everything else. Yeah. So, um, I just found this fascinating. So, how to raise adolescents to young adults without losing your mind while they're losing theirs. Which also makes one. me think of our friend who is a neuroscientist. We need to have her come yeah. on and kind of speak to that. Yeah. Um, I, I think was thinking talking to her more in terms of young children, which would also be interesting. But just to talk to her about the teenage brain, mm-hmm. that would be great. Stay right. tuned for the more reasons episodes. for all this stuff. And then to go along with that, um, this one's a, kind of a, t- a thick tome, but it's called Teen 2.0. And I've reckon I recommended this to um, the youth minister and everybody I know that's raising, um, working with youth. It is super, super interesting to me because it sort of talks about how um, adolescence is a new idea in our culture and in America. It didn't used to be that way. If you think back to um, Little House on the Prairie times or- Also a great series. Exactly, pioneers. (laughs) Um, Young adults were able to do a lot more when they were, by the time they were 11, 12, whatever, like they're actually setting up households and doing real adult things by the time they reach what we would consider middle school. So in our culture, you're backing that up you know, oh, wow. until, I mean, you're on your health, your parents' health insurance too, 26 yeah. now. Yeah. So you're creating this long period of this 
fake adolescence when they're able to do all these adult things, but we're saying, no, 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 you can't do that yet. So no wonder they're just like explode into yes. rebellion and um, we don't know who we are and all these or kind of things. to the level you're expecting is what you're Exactly. Yeah. So they can do amazingly hard things, mm-hmm. like incredible things. They're mm-hmm. very capable. And I just love that. It sort of saves your children from that, uh, this amorphous middle ground yeah. um, instead of letting them be all they can be as early as they can be it. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, my last two. It's, for those of that you watching. That one looks like you've read it a time video, or two. Yeah. You, you can't see this if you're listening to the podcast, but it's crackling. The page the cover is worn. It's Contiki by Thor Heyerdahl. This is not fiction. This is nonfiction. And it is the most amazing story uh, of these, this group of men who recreated a primitive raft that they, could, they knew the South American peoples had used to cross the Pacific Ooh. in centuries past. Well, they suspected it. I mean, they didn't know, no, I guess. But they suspected it so much, they really wanted to prove it was possible. So they got experts from several different fields. They went to South America, they built this raft, and they sailed to, okay, yeah, the Indians of Peru. So they sailed from Peru to, I should have read this before I I brought it in, across the Pacific. I don't know if it was to Hawaii. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Kind of a... And... um, they recorded it, you know, best to the best of their ability, and then they wrote a book. Oh, and um, that could be a movie. It is a movie. Ah, it's a recent movie. There you go. Again, the book is better, y'all. This book that I have, this old edition, has drawings and photographs from their journey. Wow, a rip roaring good tale, <laughs> adventure, danger. Yep. You know, deprivation, rainstorms. You know, huge waves that almost you know, capsized the raft. It's just unbelievable that they did it. I love reading about this stuff. If you listened to a previous episode recently, you know I hate to even camp. So I think I just <laughs> Vicarious. admire it. I just admire it so much. <laughs> but I really am not willing to experience it. So um, that's yeah, great. Contiki uh, by Thor Heyerdahl, highly recommend. And the last one I'm going to mention is um, Delaire's Book of Greek Myths. And we read this for several years of our homeschooling experience and my son especially loved it it's like the original superheroes yeah he just couldn't get enough of it we ended up actually getting a second copy because it got so worn and tattered but um you you can see if you're watching the video it's even missing (laughs) a chunk of cover here but um just highly recommend it's just a good it's just good education to know greek myths it's just part of our culture uh, yeah. culture our, our history but um but they're fun and the illustrations are great and you can i know some christian parents are kind of like ew greek myths that's like false gods and stuff but that i'm a huge believer in like studying all the different world religions i wanted to Expose my kids to them myself before anyone else. Yeah. Expose them to them and to, it's part of the to, world to show that um, it is what it like is. All all people everywhere are searching for truth mm-hmm. and trying to make sense of their world. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the attempts to do that, even though we don't, you know, believe these people are real. Right. So Greek myths, 
Greek mythology, definitely read it with your kids. Right. Um, so one of my other favorites is this one. I, if you can't, if you're not watching the video, you can't see this, but it's called Why Can't I Get My Kids to Behave? And on the cover is younger, <laughs> you might much recognize younger version of myself. Yeah, Renee <laughs> and her family, the Sproles. Um, and this is by Joey and Carla Link. Um, they were also friends of ours. Yes. Um, they live in the Midwest and they are, um, they have a website called Parenting Made Practical, uh, which is awesome. I can't recommend high enough. Um, and yeah, it's just definitely what, check that out. Say it again. Parenting yeah. Made Practical. Parenting Made Practical. Yeah. Um, and they talk about, they've, they've been in parenting ministry for years and do such an awesome job at it. And it's just, um, what does this look like on the ground? Very, very practical. Yes. Tips, tricks. Um, yeah, it's not rocket science, but it's super, super helpful. And we'll mention Carla's um, resources in future podcasts because, you know, Carla was like, her her writing was, it was like a Bible to yeah. me. I read a lot of her um, advice on just how to run a household. Yeah. How to help my children, especially in those first five years. Mm-hmm. How am I, how, what kind of a routine and, and schedule am I going to set up for our family? Right. What kind of identity are we going to have? Yeah. Carla's resources for that are great. Practical, down to earth. Yeah. They're not obtuse and full of lots of... No, very no nonsense. and it's very no nonsense, yeah. which, you know, if you get your feelings hurt kind of a lot, eh. put your thick skin on. <laughs> I think that's why I like her so much. Yeah. She's just straightforward and just like, tells you right, as, just as does it. it is. Just does it. And then my last one is Nurture Shock, which um, I came out probably in 2009, something like that. But it's just sort of new research about kids. All sorts of different, um, kind of debunks a lot of myths, um, why kids lie, how to how to talk to your kids about um, race. I just, I just love it. It's really good. Every chapter has nuggets in it. It's another one good I didn't read. And, Nurture shock. Um, feeling like, man, I missed it. Really but good. But we're going to soon be grandparents. So I'm just going to revisit yeah. all of this material. Even though we're not raising our grandchildren, we'll, um, I want to be the kind of grandparent that's not fighting against what my just kids to are get trying a refresher. to do. That's trying to... Right. Um, bolster what my kids are trying to do. So mm-hmm. I need to get a refresher. So Renee, you mentioned a lot of books that um, I had never heard of actually on the kids list. Which I, I can't even believe. I, you, read, I read. This woman reads, how many books do you read a week or a month? Uh, it's a lot, Bonnie. It's a lot. It's kind of ridiculous. It's a, it's a lot. She's a fast reader, so don't feel bad about it. <laughs> but like dozens. The woman. It, but I have just, ulterior motives for a, things. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a lot of reading. So anyway. But yeah, so we read, and I'm. my question is, did you also read more of the mainstream kind of things like Little House on the Prairie and oh, yes. that sort of thing? Like yes. Boxcar Children. Yes, we, we blazed a trail through the Boxcar Children, especially the first year we were homeschooling when I was kind of figuring out how I wanted to homeschool Mm -hmm. and I was building my own curriculum and I found out right away that's not for me Mm. I did not want to research and create a curriculum which I have lots of wonderful friends who are good at that I wanted it handed to me and I was going to implement implement so that first year of learning we read boxcar children Mm -hmm. we read um little house on the prairie Uh, a lot of books like that aloud and um there are other series my kids like to read themselves, uh, like uh, Junie B. Jones. Percy, Percy Jackson, oh, yeah, all those. those. those um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I don't know if y'all read those. We didn't we did read those. Those were too sassy for me. <laughs> Nancy <laughs> Drew, some of the mysteries that yes. are, you know, the old school kind of mysteries, yes. things like that. Um, I read about 15 of those, and then she said, 
this all end the same way, and I can guess the ending. She's a really good guesser of mysteries. Yes. So she really did love those for a brief year, year and a half. Right. So, yes. but try them, or you don't know. Right? Absolutely. It was so, great for a season. One thing that I did when my kids were, like I said, that mine were sort of out on their own earlier, I think, than yours were, and reading things that I didn't know about necessarily yes. at school. I, at least I wasn't reading it with along them. with them. Yeah. yeah. But um, I did make a point of when things would come up that were popular, this I'm talking middle school, high school kind yes. of time, yeah. um, like the Hunger Games, for example, or the mm-hmm. Twilight series, stuff like that, that kind yes. of went through these big phases, um, that if you're going to read them, I'm going to be reading them. Yeah. So we could talk, at least, you know, if there's subject matter or whatever in there, I'm aware of what's happening and I'll, we'll discuss it. So definitely that's a good parenting move right there. Um, just looking for those points, even if it's not controversial. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Like some of the stuff I'm just like, this is just bad writing guys. Like why? Mm -hmm. There's so much better things out there. You're right. Forget the subject matter. It's bad writing. So (laughs) move on. Yes, Yes. Move on. Move on. So we hope that we've inspired you to maybe go check out a couple of these books with your own children, for you and your husband and your parenting journey. Um, There's just so much good material out there. And I didn't look up a statistic before we did this, but how many books do... Americans read in a year? You not many, and it's it's declining. It's something like that, something like that, and it's declining. And so, um, so we really encourage you to not let that be you. There's so much wonderful material out there. Like I said, some of these books we recommended are decades old, and just beautiful writing. Right. C.S. Lewis, I think, said we have a chronological snobbery. We only read people who are living in our day and age, and we need to let the wind of the centuries kind of blow through our minds. That's fabulous and that we need to read people who aren't around anymore and Mm. so I'm that's one discipline I'm working on myself is just to try to read something old when I read something new that's awesome yeah well I don't do it all the time New Year's resolution yeah New Year's 2021 resolution resolution. okay sounds good thank thank you for listening if you like our podcast please go on and rate us give us a five-star rating just because that helps people find us when they go to the the app store right and if you want these resources we'll have them listed on our uh, website justaskyourmom.com You can find us on Instagram, Just Ask Your Mom Podcast, and on Facebook, Just Ask Your Mom. We'll see you next time on Just Just Ask Ask Your Your Mom. Mom.